1: Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now,
0: here's your Nine Fingered host, Dan Johnson. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully, everybody had a great weekend like I told you last week this Saturday was a work day for me Uh, I checked cameras uh, very happy with the results there Um, nothing extremely huge but uh, I'd say about four deer on camera that are at least four years old or older Uh, a couple that I feel are older than four Uh, and then a, a, a solid group of up and coming th- two and three year olds I hung three stands full blown trim outs um, I went in to other stands that were already up where just the uh, the hang on was up I uh, put my sticks up I went in and made sure that the straps were, were still good I loosened them up then tightened them back up again and um, long story short it was a really worthwhile experience to get out there and uh, break a sweat for uh, Something that's going to be coming in the fall because as you all know, I have a kid coming in September Which means October. uh, I won't be able to hunt as much Uh, with that said, it's good to go into the rutcation 100% prepared and I'm looking at my Huntera Magna map that I have on the wall right now, and it looks like I have one, two, three, four, five, five stands hung and ready to go, uh, minus a couple sticks, so that uh, people can't just walk up and steal them. And I have some trail cameras in place. And uh, the next time that I go to my farm will be sometime in August, and I'll check trail cameras probably one more time early August and then late August I'll go in again and uh, do the trail camera switch where I take them off the mineral stations and I put them in the pinch points and uh, travel corridors and I'll have a couple extra left behind that way I can move those trail cameras to any scrapes or any areas that I see a lot of sign and other than that I think we're good to go. Um, you know, there's always more that a guy can do, but I like to stay. I like to keep my options open when it comes to, I don't know the strategy, because just like last year, I know that I'll be running and gunning, uh, at some point, uh, it's good to have the historic, uh, tree stands set and in, in the historically good pinch points to travel corridors, bedding areas. But as we all know, uh, Patterns change deer movement is at times random and that's why we have to be mobile. So there's my kind of update for that. Uh, Today's podcast with Brian Landry he's going to talk about his run and gun hunting setup and some modifications that he has done to that setup to make it quieter make it more efficient for his hunting style. But before we get into today's podcast. Fred Doherty of Wasp Archery talks to us a little bit about why any serious bow hunter should consider Wasp broadheads. The hardcore bow hunter should consider Wasp
1: broadheads because we have a long history of producing some of the finest and toughest broadheads in the industry. All our heads have the same signature trocar tip, which is solid stainless steel which no one else in the industry does. We harden it, then we grind it to its trocar shape. The tips are pressed into place onto solid materials, solid aluminum or steel ferrules. We, we never have put any pins or screws or, you know, tiny little uh, uh, nicks or marks in the broadhead that uh, causes weak spots. And all of our broadheads are 100% made in the USA.
0: If you want to find out more information about WASP, Broadheads, visit wasparchery.com. Do some research, find out what head is right for you in your hunting situation, and then enter the code nine fingers. That's the number nine followed by the word fingers when you decide to purchase those broadheads, and that will give you a discount of 20%. So that's a pretty good deal. 20% off uh, broadheads uh, is kind of a no brainer, especially badass ones like Wasp. Now, Let's get into today's, I don't even know what to call it. It's kind of a BS session, uh, but it's also kind of a walkthrough of how Brian Landry modifies his run and gun setup. So we'll just call it a BS session for uh, all intents and purposes, and I hope you guys enjoy. All right, on the phone with me now is Brian Landry. How are you doing today, Brian?
1: Doing fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, so what's going on in Louisiana, my friend?
1: Um, Just swatting mosquitoes and dealing with the heat.
0: Yeah. I tell you what, I was down, this was a while ago, but I was down in uh, New Orleans several years ago. And uh, down there, I don't know how far south you are in Louisiana.
1: I, I'm about 45 minutes north of New Orleans.
0: Okay, 45 minutes north of New Orleans. Uh-huh. I I was sweating so much. I would carry a backpack around full of dry T-shirts. So when I would walk outside, during, uh, when I was down there, I would sweat. In like five, ten minutes, I would sweat through my shirts, take one off, put the dry one on, then go inside. And then whenever – just have that rotation going until all my shirts were gone. And then I had to go to uh, either buy some at some of those shops or uh, – but long story short, it's hot and it is humid down there. Is that has anything changed?
1: No, it's pretty nasty. <laughs> pretty nasty. So are you telling me if I move to Iowa, I, only, I not only get into the big bucks, I also don't have to sweat as much?
0: Well, I don't know about that. It was 93 degrees here today, and it was still humid. It, it's almost like you got to change your drawers when you get home. <laughs> That's how humid it was. Yeah.
1: You're depressing me.
0: Yeah, I know. I know but I tell you what it gets cold in the in the winter and uh in the fall and uh we still have the big bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's plus.
0: Hey, but I've talked to some guys from Louisiana who uh who run into some pretty big deer down there.
1: We do, we do have big deer in certain areas.
0: Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the area that you hunt and uh, and what it's like down there.
1: I actually Don't do a whole lot of hunting in Louisiana. I do most of my hunting in Mississippi, which is about a three-hour one-way commute for me. I hunt right off of the Mississippi River. Um, I guess in kind of the area considered the Delta region, uh, which is known for producing bigger bucks than, I guess, normal in Louisiana, Mississippi.
0: Right. Uh, And, again, I've heard some guys... You know, say that same thing. I actually think I did a podcast with a guy from Mississippi a while back and, uh, about hunting in that delta. So the 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 hunting for you is so significant that you're willing to drive three hours one direction just to hunt that uh, that area on a yearly basis.
1: Correct. The, the, I actually have about sixty thousand acres of public land. About. 10 to 15 minutes from my house but it's some of the uh, nastiest swamp um uh, i guess there is um yeah. when i say swamp you, you know it's not really accessible by uh, hip boots and waders it's more boat accessible and then gotcha. hip boots and waders gotcha
0: how f- is that by lake ponchu then north of that yet
1: Co- correct. It's the, the North Shore Lake train, North Shore Lake Maripaul.
0: Man, I tell you what. I uh, I watched an online video today of a, a guy hunting in a Louisiana swamp and he was walking to his tree stand in standing water. The deer were walking in standing water. So that just blows me away how these deer are literally living in standing – these white tails – are literally living in standing water probably almost all year round.
1: Yeah, and they they really do pretty well in it. Uh, The major impact down here is is the hurricanes. Uh, And and the tidal influx can really put a hurting on the herd quick.
0: Really? They just don't have anywhere to go once they get that deep in there?
1: Right, right. And the plus side of it is, of course, pressure is limited. Right. Nobody right. really wants to go through the headache. Um, and honestly, the areas are really only accessible about three months out of the year uh, because of the vegetation growth. You got about three months where you got some some die off and, and you can actually access some areas.
0: Right, right. Other than that, it's just a jungle.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Man. Nasty, nasty. That's crazy. And yet they're. Yeah.
1: Snakes, mosquitoes everything that bites
0: no thanks i I think i'll (laughs) stick to my maybe running into a raccoon on uh the way to the tree stand yeah yeah so um today actually actually before we get into that how was your 2016 season then
1: uh it i've had better i've had better i wound up filling a tag on february 14th which was the second to last day of the season just put a little meat in the freezer other than that it was uh pretty slim pickings
0: right so when you go on to this uh public ground over in Mississippi uh, are you looking for anything in particular um are you doing a lot of running and gunning what's your uh what's your strategy kind of like
1: yeah I'm doing a lot of running and gunning uh my kind of criteria is I'm looking for a buck 120 inches or better um and I don't, I don't really look to fill any doe tags. Um, it's just, I'm kind of going there for that size deer in mind or I'll just eat my tags.
0: Right. So is that some, like at 120 is your, is your goal? Is that, I mean, as long as it's a 120 class, it doesn't matter what age it is. Or, I mean, does maturity play a role in that at all?
1: Well, a one twenty is gonna be around three years old. Or at least okay. put it this way, I hadn't had a whole lot of two year olds, it's one thirty on camera. So um yeah. Uh, maturity wise you're looking at a three, more than likely four year old deer.
0: Okay. And and is that something that year after year you end up running into down there?
1: You know, I probably uh the year before last I had two opportunities. Last year I zeroed. So you know, my, my time is kind of limited going that far. Uh, I have a full time job. I do the stick talons on the side and I have three kids. So it's, it's limited. Um, you know, so if I get out or if I get to Mississippi 20, 25 hunts a year, uh, I can look at running into maybe one or two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's definitely tough. I got my, like you, everybody knows, I got my third kid coming down the pipe here pretty soon. And, uh, I know that I'm, I doubt I'm going to hunt very much in October. I think I'm just going to save as much brownie points as I can for, uh, for my vacation and, uh, and just kind of try to play it as smart as possible and not over hunt and try to make the wife happy all at the same time, if that's even possible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that would be wise. I, I, I tell everybody, the problem is when you go from two to three, you go from running that man-to-man and have to run a zone defense. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah,
0: I hear that. Someone's always going to be open for the shot, right?
1: <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. You're just scrambling to catch up.
0: It was kind of funny. This is going to sound mean, but, but we were eating supper tonight, and my son got down. We had spaghetti. And my son got down out of his chair and he started running. And when he runs out of the kitchen, the first thing he does is he takes a hard left and he runs right towards the couch every time and he tries to belly flop on the couch and then he climbs up on it. Well, previous uh, experience tells me that anything that is on his mouth or on his hands is going on the couch. So he gets out of there and I couldn't catch him because I was in the kitchen. So I had to jump the couch and literally kind of push him over and he, so i i pushed him kind of hard but i had to save the couch right so right. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah
1: been there done that man
0: let's see here all right so today we are going to be talking about modifications to the tree stand and it's something that you approached me uh, about in an email a while back and we're just now getting to um uh getting to the podcast because of some reschedules but this is something that I've been thinking a lot of uh, about my run and gun setup what I need to do how I need to do it how to um make it as for me the most important thing is a quiet setup and teardown. down. Uh, I'm not too concerned about weight because I'm not, I literally don't have to uh, do much walking in and out, uh, but that's, that's all beside the point. Um, so you sent me a list of things that um, you do to your uh, tree stands. And uh, I, I think we just start at the top and uh, let's talk about one of the first things that you did a while back. And that's paracord. Talk to us about that.
1: Right. Uh, I wrap the perimeter of my assault uh, in paracord mainly for uh, quieting. You know, you're walking through the woods, hitting brush, or when you're hanging, it's an accidental bump of a a buckle. Um, It uh, it quiets it down, but it's got the durability. It's a, a raw pain to lace a 100 foot of paracord around but once it's done it's never going anywhere right right um and it, it kind of gives you a little bit of a better grip when you when you're holding the stand to hang it you kind of got a um like a raised grip that it creates and uh i know uh, garrett diy sportsman has, has talked about it in the past uh, if you use a larger diameter rope on the front, you can actually get that feel for it underneath your foot so right. you know when you're running to the edge. Right.
0: So is that something that over time, when I think of paracord, I think of kind of a fabric-y, uh, over time would would wear, especially if it's something that you're tearing up and setting down over the course of, you know, 15 times a season times that by you know five years um have you had to replace that paracord at all or Uh,
1: i'm I'm three years in and you you really can't tell that there's any wear on it okay of course i'm packing in and out every hunt though so you don't you don't get the sun deterioration but uh it's pretty durable stuff
0: gotcha um now from a quieting standpoint obviously it, it's gonna quiet it down um quite a bit over time does that paracord separate from one another and allow dirt and i don't know you know more no, the way it's or, actually
1: put on is it it's cobra weaved on so there's some separation there um gotcha to begin with yeah you'll you'll get mud and dirt in there that just it falls off Uh, it's not really an issue
0: okay so before we started recording and when we when we talked about this you mentioned that you would not do paracord again uh why is that
1: (laughs) uh you're looking at about a three hour job uh three blisters per hand and a 12 pack of beer to get a a, you know the whole (laughs) perimeter of just an assault done
0: right so so the, the three hours is not l- worth it in the long run?
1: You know, the durability is great, but um, I've had a lot of experience with Stealth Strip. Um, I actually use them on all my brackets for my stick talons that I make. Right. And if I had to do it over again, I would call Uncle Lou and get a tree stand kit. Um, the Stealth Strip, you can probably get three to five years out of it and cut two hours off of the project.
0: Gotcha, and get the same results from uh, get a the quiet... same results.
1: You're going to get the same quietness. You might not get as much grip to it, but you're definitely going to get uh, not the cold to the touch or hot to the touch. You get that that felt feel with the stealth strip yeah. and the quieting. You know, capabilities is going to be right up there with paracord.
0: Okay, and then. So, have you had to replace your stealth stripping at all?
1: I had, you know, the stealth strip I found on little smaller items like um, some buckles and hooks on my uh, rock climbing harness. Yeah. When it gets wet, I've had issues with it. Sticks and stands, uh, my seat post is in stealth strip and all my sticks are in stealth strip. All my brackets on my stick talons are in stealth strip and I've yet to replace anything
0: right okay so it's so for the most part that those stealth strips are uh pretty durable
1: pretty durable come at a decent price uh and application is uh way smoother than paracord and uh you know once you stick it you kind of forget it with stealth strip it's not really like um A Camo duct tape or hockey tape or anything. I would say it's way more durable and The the sticking to it is better. Gotcha.
0: All right so All that combined everything that you just mentioned um, And we're going to get into some more silencing techniques here in a second Does that add a lot of weight to the, the stand or is it barely noticeable?
1: You know the stealth strip that's another benefit. It's gonna be lighter uh you're looking at a hundred foot of paracord probably weighs a half a pound to almost a pound um so you are adding weight but um you know the paracord's got multiple uses you know say you 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 down a deer need to hang in a tree or something. you got a hundred foot of paracord on your stand at all times, yeah,
0: yeah. Have you ever had to use use it like that in that scenario?
1: I have cut some off before to uh, tie some branches back, but I have I've yet to hang a deer with
0: it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right, so you know we've talked about the paracord, we've talked about uh, something like the stealth strips for the the bracket. Me personally, um, I've never I've never purchased any stealth strips, and I say that be, I say yet because it's something that I, I'm looking into. Um, but I have taken uh, this really thick hockey tape and uh, black and green combination and, and wrapped it all the way around. Now, I know a lot of guys out there are going to say, oh, you just wait till you know the first time it gets wet and it's going to start rolling on you and peeling and then it's going to just be a sticky mess. Uh, I guess I didn't think about that, but I have noticed that it does quiet, the. it still does quiet the uh, the sticks. I put it on my uh, sticks and on the base of one of my running gun stands. Um, or not the base, but the, the seat, bra- the vertical bracket that runs from the uh, platform to the seat. And uh, it does do a, a pretty good job of uh, quieting it down.
1: How, how long have you been running it?
0: Uh, just this last year, which uh, was literally... A two-day hunt. Gotcha. Before I shot my buck, I haven't you know I haven't put it through the ringer yet, so to speak.
1: I've used the the camo gorilla tape. Um, I've used bicycle uh, inner tube. I've used gutted paracord, and then finally uh, stuck with the stealth strip. Right. Um, the bicycle inner tube is cheap and it does a great job. However, you get the squeak on rubber boots.
0: Right, right. I hear that. Uh, and obviously that's something that you're wearing to hunt every day down there.
1: Pretty much, pretty right. much. Either rubber knee boots or hip boots.
0: Okay. So uh, the next thing on your list here is the tubular webbing over the cable guides. Uh, des- describe what that is and how you, how you apply that to the stand.
1: Okay, the tubular webbing is one inch climbing spec webbing. You can buy at uh like climbing store retailers, REI, um, backcountry and what it is is it's a it's a nylon sling material that's hollow inside. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I had some to originally I built a um a lineman's belt for my rock climbing harness okay and uh what i do is since it's hollow you just unbolt the cable and the one inch is big enough to slide over the cable eye and the cable uh you know you cut it to length of the cable and then just bolt your cable back on and the whole purpose of it is to keep the rubber boots from squeaking against the cable okay I, right. I know uncle lou sells cable silencers as well so if you don't want to go through the trouble of the tube of eleven, but the tube of eleven, you know, you put it on and again you forget it. I, I don't think you could wear that stuff out.
0: Right. You know, I wear I wear muck boots and mm-hmm. they you got the green. Yeah, I got that the, on the outside of it, it's not full rubber all the way up. So I've never had a a scenario where I've had my rubber boot uh squeak against the cable. So, but I can see, I can definitely see how that would, uh, that would, uh, spook a deer if, uh, you know, one walked in, yeah, you're, you're turning around in your stand or whatnot.
1: Yeah. You walk through some, some grass with some dew on it, any kind of water, and you get up there and that rubber boot hits that cable, you get a noticeably loud squeak.
0: Right. Right, and and you say for from a durability standpoint, once you've put that on, you've never noticed any wear on it yet? Not at all. Okay, all right. Um, all right, now the next thing here is XOP Maximus seat platform and cushion, comfort over the stock assault setup. Talk to us about, because you're running a lone wolf assault and... Uh, so what are you doing with this uh, XOP seat platform?
1: I am running one of the um, original Lone Wolf's Assaults. Uh, it's the, the eight-pound model. Yeah. Um, so the, the newer Assaults come with the bigger seat. So the original came with a smaller seat. I actually use that seat now for a saddle platform which I had bought the XOP Maximus seat for. And I realized that that platform was bigger than I needed to stand on for a saddle. So I said, let me try it on the assault. And what it does is it gives me about three more inches away from the tree. And of course it comes with the, you know, the padded cushion that, that flips upside down for a leaning cushion as well. Yeah. Um, now it did add weight to my eight pound assault, but, uh, I guess since I started with a probably one of the lightest cast platforms that you can get, and I've, I've kind of added to it with the paracord, with the seat, uh, with my other mods, I'm, I've got my stand up to almost the 11-pound assault that that they have now. However, I, I got the added benefit of the noise dampening and the larger seat with the bigger cushion.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um because I know that now, because I just got some in the mail, uh, Lone Wolf makes uh, a bigger seat for their assaults, and, and they have the thicker, the thicker pads now too. I believe. I, I got. I, mean, I, I have. I have. Yeah, the, if I, I'm I not
1: mistaken, seat. that the Assault Two seat is the same size as the Alpha
0: now. Right. Absolutely. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yep. And uh so on this XOP mod that you've that you've talked about, it allows you to be further away from the tree. Um does that does that put you too close to the edge of the assault platform?
1: It does not, but um I'm probably five eleven, wear a size ten and a half to eleven shoe, so I find the eight pounds Assault or really any assault gives me plenty of room. Um, I, I fold the seat up when I stand up, so I, I don't really notice any different in that in the other one over uh, quite a bit of comfort for the extra right. two to three inches you gain in the seat
0: absolutely it, it allows you
1: to kind of slouch down a little bit where that other one you you're straight you're straight up the whole time
0: okay um, and and that cushion just makes for long sits a little bit more comfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean the cushion flattens out. It's not it's definitely not a, a hunk comfort, you know, with the gel, but uh it, it's good
0: enough. Right. Okay. All right, so the next mod that you did uh, and this is with the older uh this is with the older assault. Uh talk to us about this batwing mod that you've done.
1: Right. The older Assault comes with the the regular V-bracket like you would see on the the sticks. Yep. Um, I originally switched it out for an XOP V-bracket that's about an inch longer, which kicked it away from the tree and added a little comfort. But the V-brackets just don't give you the versatility of hanging like the Batwing does. So I wound up with, with the batwing and I've ran the batwing for about two years. And I can't imagine using another stand without a bat wing or the six point bracket that XOP has.
0: Yeah. And just allows you to sit vertical in a crooked tree.
1: Well, you're looking at, at four contact points on the bat wing, and I think there's six on the XOP. And as long as you're grabbing on any two of those contact points, you're good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And, yeah, and I think uh, it's
1: something most people don't realize until you use a uh, Lone Wolf or XOP with that. It's just not something you think about, and then once you use it, it's like, can't do it without it.
0: Right. And, and that that's crazy. Before I started using a... Lone wolf. I had a couple hang on stands that were, you know, they were steel, but the only way they would be flat is in a, in basically a telephone pole type tree.
1: Climber tree.
0: Yeah, climber tree. Absolutely. And when I, when I, I borrowed from a buddy my very first, uh, Lone Wolf set just for a, a hunt before I bought one, I climbed up in a, this, crooked tree with my four sticks and I sat in there with, and I I I got it straightened and I got it leveled and and it was leaning back a little bit and to the right and I and I'm just like how do people not hunt with this thing right it, it and that that right there that that simple design is what changed my approach towards hunting it's like one of those things I actually did a podcast with it where uh, about it where I actually talked about the products that influence the way I hunt the most, and the the lone wolf system is definitely one of them.
1: yeah, no doubt. a little backstory, I guess about six years ago, maybe seven is when i when I went, I basically got rid of all climbers and went. to lock on. And a former guest you had on, Mr. uh, Warren Womack, Mm -hmm. who is also from Louisiana, he turned me on to the lock ons, um, which they're no longer selling them. But I I picked up a lock on because it was also an eight pound stand. Uh, It was one of the lightest production stands at the time. And it's a great hanging stand. Uh, It hangs real well, but it doesn't have adjustability, um, and it's not the cast. Um, So what I noticed is several times I was hanging on on a 45 where you could hardly stand up or be pinned against a tree. And uh, as it went on, you know, I just learned to deal with it pick better trees, I guess you would say, um, and then I got more involved on the hunting beast and a buddy of mine also, and we kept hearing long wolf, long wolf, long wolf, and found out that long wolf had a lighter stand, it was just like a finding a diamond in the rough, <laughs> and he wound up picking up one, and that, just the first time I looked at it, I'm like, that's pretty cool, it levels. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, I tried his out, and I said, "Okay, I got to get one." So he wound up finding me one used, and uh, like you said, it's it just it goes in any tree. Um, it doesn't matter really the angle because the platform levels, and then of course the bat wing deals with curves and knots and everything else. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. And you know, it's just one of those things where. I don't know. This is just me being blunt. I hate it when people will bitch about the price of uh, a lone wolf tree stand saying, well, I can't afford th- that. It's too expensive. Well, you really, if you're a run and gun hunter, you only need one. And it—it it is so efficient that it literally trumps every other tree stand that is out on the market, and and I don't know. People just don't get it. They're so caught up with uh, price, and, and you know, I don't know. I'm just bitching at no, this. No,
1: I, I I get it. The price is steep, but I say try one, and yeah. then if you can't afford it, save for it or find one used. Right, right. <laughs> it, it's believe me, it's well worth it. And if you if you bought one used. You could turn around and sell it in three years and probably lose twenty bucks, thirty bucks on it. Yeah, yeah. You know the, those eight-pound models. Like I said, if you can find them, they go for a ridiculous price, almost the same as as a newsstand. Yeah, I hear so that. So it, It's well worth it to try it. Yep. And if you don't like it, keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yep, that's right. All right. So we talked about the the Batwing mod, um, and what's this this waist belt that you're talking about?
1: The waist belt. Uh, it's the Molly waist belt. You can find them on Amazon, Army Surplus. Um, myself personally, I only use the waist belt. They do come with shoulder straps, right. but I find with the waist belt, the stock shoulder straps or any regular shoulder straps are fine. And all that's doing is distributing the load to your hips and taking it off your shoulders.
0: Right. And that's for packing in and out?
1: Right, packing in and out. You'll turn a, you know, my stand's fully rigged out. It, it's probably right around 18 to 20 pounds, depending on clothes or what I have on it. Right. And it, it, it packs just as well as an 8-pound stand with no molly belt. So you take a 20, 30-pound stand, put a molly belt on it, and you just don't realize the load's there.
0: All right. And so how far are you typically going from your truck to the time you get to your your stand location?
1: Mm, That can range from 200 yards to two miles.
0: Yeah, right. And I can see at at two miles that even a, a... I guess a quote unquote light amount for a running gun setup would might be cumbersome.
1: Right. And you, you know, you throw in some hills and then you cut that distance in half and it still becomes heavy. Yeah. Uh, The biggest issue here is the, the heat and humidity, you know, drain. Uh, Yeah. So it doesn't matter which, what you're packing. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be miserable. So, It it helps to have anything possible that's going to help some efficiency.
0: Okay. And so when you get to the tree stand, you got your shoulder straps on there and you got your hip, your molly waist belt. Does all that stay on the bottom of the stand or do you take it off before you go up? Nope.
1: All that stays on my stand. Um, Okay. I'm packing. So I got the stand. I have three sticks on the stand, Uh, and I I, I switched last year. I'm actually running Hawk Helium sticks now with the the dual steps. Um, I'm running two that are cut down to 21 inches, so they're the same length as my platform on the outer edges, and they're sitting in stick talons. Then I have a middle full-length hawk stick that has Lone Wolf V-brackets on it so that Great. it nests to the stand like a Lone Wolf. All three sticks have homemade Versa buttons and rope mods. And so I walk up to the tree. Um, I reach back, and I unhook my strap with the gator clip that that we we can talk about later as to what it does
0: well let's talk about it right okay. now
1: okay well, what that does is i permanently mount a one inch strap using my cable bolt. so i unbolt my cable bolt, i put a hole in the strap and i bolt it back on then the other side has the same one inch strap with a alligator clip um sewn onto it or or doubled over and bolted back and an alligator clip i guess the easiest way to describe it is if you've ever seen a summit climber it's the strap that that summit uses um some camera uh trail camera manufacturers are using them it's just you know you hit the button and it opens up like alligator's mouth yep okay so what that does is that's a permanent strap on my stand i don't have to worry about looking for a bungee cord i don't have to unhook bungee cords I personally don't like bungee cords. So this strap stays on my stand um, and it holds my middle stick to my stand. It's over my other two, but the main purpose is to hold that middle stick. The other two are sitting in stick talons so they're not going anywhere. So it's holding that middle stick. I can reach behind my back. I can hit that alligator clip and I can pull that strap open. I grab that middle stick I pull it off of my back, and I set it on the tree. That middle stick has a one-step aider on it. So I'm hanging it about chest high, which gives me, you know, over a traditional no aider, you're hanging at the most like knee high. So I'm gaining about three foot with that aider. Gotcha. I hang that first one. I climb to the top of that stick, and I hook on my lineman's belt. I reach off, and I pop one stick out of the talons, and I hang the other stick. Depending on height, if I need to get higher, I do carry a couple of slings um, in a dump pouch on my harness. If I need the height, I'll grab a sling, and I'll put a sling on that second stick as well, which will give me some more height. Then I climb up, then I grab my third stick, and I hang it. Same thing. If I need more height, I'll I'll grab a sling. With one sling on the bottom and two sticks spaced out, I'm roughly around eighteen foot. Um, If I get
0: eighteen, you can get eighteen with two two sticks and an aider on each one.
1: And well, if I'm going with an aider on each one, I'm definitely getting above eighteen. I can usually do eighteen with one aider. And two sticks. If I add two eighters, I'm more comfortably spaced at 18 foot. If I'm going three sticks, three eighters, I'm definitely getting to
0: around 20. Okay. So then, two questions. How long is your aider that you like to put on your uh, sticks, and how tall are you?
1: I'm 5'11 and my eighter that stays on my bottom stick all the time is roughly 24 inches.
0: Okay. So two foot roughly. Yep. From, and then from, I'm
1: carrying I'm carrying two slings in my pouch. I forget the length of the slings, but they're pretty long, so sometimes I'll I'll double 'em or sometimes I'll triple them just depending on what whatever I need.
0: Right. And and a sling is different from an aider, right?
1: Not necessarily. Um I, I guess I talk about them in the same context. All of my aiders, gotcha. slings, are just that tubular webbing that I make to whatever length I want to. An right. aider, I guess most people refer to as like a multi-step. They they make a three-step. They make a five-step aiders. They, they're all made for rock climbing, and yeah. it's basically like a rope ladder. Okay. I don't prefer I, – I I like just a single step. I don't like a multi-step. There's just too much movement. Um, I, I just don't find a real benefit. And since I'm only 5'11", if I go with a five-step aider, there's no way I can hang it high enough to take advantage of all five steps.
0: Right, right. I got gotcha.
1: you. So I what just about, find a single one works best.
0: Do you have any problems with finding a good foot grip uh, climbing up or down in the dark?
1: I do. I do not. Um, the key to it is to make sure that when your foot goes in that aider, the whole side of your foot is against the tree. Gotcha. To give that stability. Um, if it's not, then you're going to run into issues. Um, coming down at dark, I, I what I do is I wrap that aider. I make a step. Out of it, I put in, um, like a three eighth inch rope in that tubular webbing to give it some bulk. And then I do a paracord weave over it. And what I generally use is, um, the paracord with the reflective tracers on it Mm -hmm. so that when you hit it with a light, it's, it's reflecting. Okay. And it's just really a matter of taking your time coming down. I mean, yeah,
0: right. All right, so you with that with that setup, you can get about eighteen feet, if not higher, depending on uh, how many sticks and aiders yeah, you use.
1: The Aiders, limbs, you know what have you?
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, one let, thing. Let me
1: touch on one thing too. Now, yeah, go I on. use the rock climbing harness, and I I get. Most people probably have no idea who Brian Landry is. Um, If you say "see Big Bear, which is what I go by on most farms, you'll pick up three or four more. If you say the one stick guy, then I get a ton of emails about the one stick guy. So backtrack about five years, I I was only using one stick with my assault, with my lock on and a rock climbing harness, and I was just climbing with one stick um finding Dan in the hunting beasts and stuff getting more in the bed hunting moving to the place I'm hunting now with more trash trees I find it more convenient to go with multiple sticks but I all I'm still using my rock harness I wouldn't use anything else I always have that availability if I need to get extra height I can get that extra height out of that last stick no matter how high it how high it is gotcha
0: Gotcha. All right. So you are the uh, inventor slash manufacturer of those, the, the stick talons, correct? Correct. Right. And you've sent me some, uh, What I think about beginning of last season maybe. Um, talk to the listeners about what the stick talons are. And why they would benefit a run and gun style hunter.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so basically, what the stick talons are are they're, they're a set is four. They mount to the outside rail of your stand, and they will hold any one inch square tubing sticks, and they also work with the, the flat helium and leverage sticks. Um, the idea came from Lone Wolf's stick quiver, which I thought was a great idea. I just didn't want to have to remove something from my stand and keep up with it while it was in a hung position. Right. So I, I tinker around with stuff and, um, I got something that I felt would work. Then the added benefit, I realized, well, now all of a sudden I don't need paracord loops off of my harness to hold my sticks. They just stay in the talons, and I pop them off as I go up. Right. And uh, I had a buddy that I showed, and he's like, you, 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 man, you got to make me a set. So I made him a set, a few more buddies on the hunting beast, made them a set, and then it, it you know, it kind of turned into a, a small business. Yeah. So the benefit of the talons is it's a way to transport your sticks from the time you leave the truck till the time you're ready to pop them off as you're climbing up. Versus it's just strictly a transport system. Right. And then the other benefit is I sell a lot of them for other model stands, uh, millenniums, muddies, hawk. XOP, um, really any stand-stick combination. You know, if somebody was to call me, we could probably work out something that would work. So basically it turns in a non-Lone Wolf stand or non-XOP stand into a stand that now your sticks nest with. Gotcha. And if it's strictly packing, you know, you're looking at, then I suggest just use what Lone Wolf Design, great design. Um, if you're looking for packing and something to climb the tree with um, or some versatility, maybe you want five sticks but you want them flat to stand, that's the benefit. Right.
0: So that's something that I've always played around with in my head, and uh, this summer my goal at some point is to – I mean – for those guys who are really running gun hunters, how much time—I I thought about it a lot this last year, or not last year, but the previous year when I was doing a lot of running and gunning. You you sit there. How much time do you think a guy wastes when he gets to his tree, he has to take his pack and his standoff, he has to detach his sticks, and then he has to go up, up the tree, Right. Uh, and, and then uh, some cases probably go back down and grab a stick, then go back up, then go back down. And, And there's, there's several, several different methods of how to, uh, make as little trips back down the tree as possible. But are you able with these stick talons to go up the tree in one trip and not have to come back down for anything?
1: Yes, absolutely. All right. I'm running three sticks, so I do it differently than most people. The standard is four sticks. Um, You know, like 95% of customers are running four sticks of some sort. Right. So what most people are doing is, and most guys run a backpack or something. So most guys walk to their tree. They still take their stand off their back. They take their backpack off of the stand, which the stick talons hold your sticks on on the outer edges of your stand. So you got the whole middle freed up. A lot of people like that. That's where their backpack goes. That's where their extra clothes go. So they get to the stand, take the stand, the the tree, take the stand off, pull the backpack off, pull the clothes off, put them on the ground, tie them on their pull up rope, whatever. They take the 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 sticks. Stack in the talons. So, so you have four sticks. You have two stack sticks in each talon. So they take the top stack sticks off of each talon and most people hang two from the ground and then they climb from there. Okay. So most people don't, don't use an aider so they hang that first stick at knee-high and then they're able to hang that second stick from the ground without climbing. And then from there, they throw the stand on their back, and they go.
0: And you're, you, you're doing all this with a lineman's belt, right?
1: Correct.
0: Right. Correct.
1: Okay. I, I'm a little different because I use three sticks, and that first stick is up chest high.
0: Right, because you so, got that aider.
1: Yep, I'm not removing anything off my back, and because of that aider, I'm eliminating one stick. I'm getting the same height out of three sticks as what most people get out of four because of that, that distance on that first stick that they're hanging.
0: Okay, I got gotcha. you. So then, when you get uh, when you get to the tree, you're able to reach behind your back or off the bottom and pull off the pull off the 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 sticks. No problem, without any noise or with, without uh, the bases getting caught in the stand or getting caught anywhere else.
1: Correct. It does take a little bit of practice, okay? So yeah, those two sticks, and, and if you, to envision it on the phone, take your hand like you're doing a curl. Curl it up, and you're reaching right by your ear. That's where the top of that stick is going to be, okay? So you're going to take that stick, and you're going to push it straight away from you. And then once it pops out that top talon, you're gonna pull it back into you as you're rotating away from your body, and it pops out of that bow- bottom talon away from your stand. Right. And what I recommend for everybody, and I do it, my V brackets are wrapped in gutted paracord. If you want to use cell strips, some kind of something, because you're dealing with stuff behind your head there's a possibility you're going to bump into something. So that's just part of the whole routine. If everything's covered, then it doesn't really matter what hits. But I find that to be a lot less movement than taking a stand off of your back, having sticks swinging off your side, or making multiple trips up and down a tree.
0: Okay, I got you. So that's my that was my kind of my goal is to uh and I'll be honest the 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 stick talents that you gave me I didn't even have an opportunity to uh to mess around with them like they're designed to be messed around with yet but um uh that's my that's my goal this upcoming season is to get my run and gun set up to where I can go up a tree with a lineman's belt. Basically hook on, set my bow on the ground, hook it to a a bow rope and go up and then basically just pull my uh bow my bow up when I'm completely done.
1: Gotcha. Well we'll we'll definitely have to talk after because you already have a obsolete model.
0: Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha.
1: <laughs> They've already been through round one testing and on to the to the next greatest <laughs> But, yeah, so to add one thing to that, if you're looking to make one trip up and that's it, then you need a pull rope with some kind of grapple, some kind of hook on it, because there's no point in tying anything on. Because what happens when you tie stuff on and you're weaving in and out of limbs, then so is your rope. So you get a grapple hook with a, uh, you know, added to your rope or just an S hook or something. When you get up there, you just drop it down and fish up whatever you need. Gotcha. Versus a tangled mess.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see how that would play. You know, that'd be almost no point of going up in one time if you have to if you come got tang- down and yeah untangle all the 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 bow rope. All right. right so so that's the that's the stick uh, talons. Um, did have you gotten a lot of good feedback from that?
1: You know, I had a guy ask me that the other day. I've probably sold around 500 or so, and I've had one return. The guy just didn't like the way they, they, they sat on his stand, which, you know, not everybody's going to be happy. They're a very niche product. Yeah. If you're not a mobile guy, then they're really not going to appeal to you. Um, like I said, the lone wolf, the way they nest, you really, it's hard to improve on that. So right. there's really no point in it if you're just looking for transport. Um, unless, unless, you know, you, you want that flat packing, have the space for your backpack or something, maybe there's some benefit there. But the ultimate benefit is when you walk to the tree, you no longer have to hang sticks off your side or go up and down the tree multiple times. Right. And yep. really, all of my, whatever I do to my fan is geared toward efficiency and quiet. Yeah. I don't get out that much because of obligations. I'm driving three hours. Right. Um, so I can't risk having something go wrong. It's usually mm, 80 to 90 degrees. Yeah. Mosquitoes or. Thick. I don't want to walk to a tree and spend 15 minutes on their ground playing with equipment and taking my time to go up the tree. Now, I understand yeah. a lot of guys say, you know, you need to go slow, you need to be quiet, you need to have as least movement as possible. That's great if it's 30, 40 degrees out, no mosquitoes, and you got all day to do it. Um, and uh, I, I'm I'm a fairly patient guy, I guess you would say, but you know, inevitably, if I'm swatting mosquitoes and I'm sweating buckets, when I get to the tree, if I'm 100 yards away from a bedded bucket at some point, I'm just going to say, screw it, and I'm going up the tree. So the whole goal is to make it as efficient as possible. I'm not trying to race up the tree, but I'm also not trying to stay on the ground. My goal is to get up the tree efficient, quietly get the thermocell running and have a little bit of comfort
0: right absolutely now how do you i mean do you carry a pack with you when you roll when you go in or um is everything kind of everything that you need strapped to the, the stand
1: most of the time everything i need strapped to the stand um
0: or in your pockets like a like yeah, rattling antlers pants, or drunk collar.
1: So. or yeah, my my phone is my GPS. My headlamp is usually in a pocket. My thermocell stays strapped in the thermocell case underneath the seat. That case has the extra refills and stuff in it. Um, bow in hand with quiver. I'll usually have a uh, compass with me. And that's basically it for a regular trip. Um if I'm gonna run trail cameras I'll usually bring a um I use a an Alps fanny pack with the shoulder straps that'll shoulder strap to the stand that'll have camera in it um with I also use a um Kingston light card reader to check my cameras. Right Um, and there'll be some extra cards in there so if i if I roll up on a camera, I'll pull the card out, pop it in there, download the images to my phone, throw the card back in there, erase maybe some extra batteries, and then keep going
0: right so when it's all said and done, every time you step in the timber, how much weight do you think you're carrying
1: it It varies depending on where i'm going it can it can be as light as say three pounds if I'm going with a saddle setup or it can be as heavy if I'm going with my stand extra clothes three sticks cameras around 30 32 pounds
0: okay and what do you uh what's the temperature usually get down there when you say cold
1: when I say cold cold is anything below freezing
0: okay really Uh, anything
1: uh, around freezing is cold. Um, yeah. This past year we had winter in one weekend and it got down around 20 and that was it. It was over.
0: Yeah. I lived in Alabama for about a year and it hit 34 degrees and it snowed and snowed, snow accumulated on the ground and people lost their damn mind. It was. That's <laughs> it.
1: They shut, they shut down the, the town. That's it. No school. <laughs> You can't you can't buy water at the grocery store, it's over.
0: People don't show up to work. Oh, it's was, like the apocalypse. It's it was yep. hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah.
1: But I will say this, you know what's odd about down here is when that you know, I'm I'm 38, uh so once in 38 years I've seen a accumulation of about a foot. And when we get a foot of snow, there's not hardly a tree around here that can hold a foot of snow yeah the, the pine trees our limbs are just breaking right and left we have no power um it, it's pretty miserable around here when you got a foot of snow and our deer they freak out they go on lockdown you can't even find a track
0: yeah that's crazy that's it nuts. is
1: it is so i so mean you know
0: when's your rut happen
1: our rut is usually around between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. Um but it's odd. Um Louisiana has ruts in the northwestern and western part of the state as early as October. Man. Then as you move across, you got some in November and then the eastern and then southern you're looking at December and then sometimes as late as March. Uh, you can have those still being bred. We just don't have a, there's no way you can say, okay, in this two weeks, I'm going to take vacation because I know there's going to be some rut activity. Right. It right. doesn't really happen like that. It's it's kind of a, a trickle rut. I know they describe it as a bell-shaped curve while ours is a really wide bell.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Uh, let's see here. So, Any other tree stand silencing uh, strategies or any type of uh, additional mods that you use?
1: Yeah, if I'm running buckles, um, and I don't run buckles on my sticks, I run ropes, but the buckle on my stand, I like to use a can koozie, a neoprene koozie. I know some people buy the, the Yak Grips, which is the neoprene grips for um kayak paddles yeah i just like taking a koozie cut it in half put it over the buckle sew it back up um because your buckle is uh, you know the the most likelihood for noise as you swing it around a tree um so i know people use inner tubes i went the inner tube route they just don't last as long as a koozie does so i prefer koozie or yak grips
0: gotcha yeah i hear that um all right so anything else
1: that pretty much takes care of everything i have done to the stand um except the quiver mouth that's on the side and i guess that's pretty much you know that's just a convenience thing
0: yeah for sure now when you get into the hunting season and you know you got you said you got three kids right mm-hmm. right and uh hunting is limited how many and you're going in and and uh setting up every single time how how many times a year are you uh roughly your best guess are you tearing up and setting or setting up and tearing down
1: mm, probably 50 60 times because I, I may make three sets in one day
0: yeah so you'll you'll tear down move if there's nothing there for a midday go and if there's nothing yet you'll go uh, again for an evening set in the same location
1: yeah, it's a good possibility i'll go in in the morning hunt somewhere move for midday hunt somewhere move for an afternoon and hunt somewhere Gotcha. And that's just saying that all sets, you know, go. There's a good chance I could throw up a set, see deer moving, tear down, move closer, and then, you know, after that hunt, move again. So I might have two sets per hunt.
0: Yeah. So do you? It,
1: it's nothing for me to walk up to a tree and throw up and and tear down. That there's nothing holding me to that tree whatsoever.
0: Right. Absolutely. So do you ever have? Uh, an instance where you'll bring an extra tree stand in the timber with you, set it up and then leave it up and then come back another time with it. uh, you know, no sticks, just the stand in the tree and then come back to it another time?
1: Nope, can only on one. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) It's it's like Mr Warren says, it's in three places. It's either in my garage, in my truck or under my butt. Yep, now, sense. I do use a saddle on occasion, so the saddle will be in my truck as well. But um, I, in six years, I have yet to leave that stand in the woods. I mean, even if I was planning on coming back for a morning hunt after an evening hunt, it's highly likely I, I just take it out with me. You never know in the morning. The wind could be slightly off, and I have to tear it down and set it anyway. So I just yeah. soon have it. Uh, If the wind's off, if it rains that night, I don't want my seat cushion out there. It's just as easy for me to to tear it down and move it as it is to leave it.
0: Right. So, when it's all said and done, from the moment you get to the tree that you're going to set up in to the time where you sit down on that stand or you know hang your bow up or do whatever it is to you know basically you're ready to hunt how much time does that typically uh take
1: if i if i'm hustling it's a rut hunt and i'm not really worried about noise less than five minutes yeah if i'm setting up on bedding it can range anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes yeah if i'm taking one stick and climbing I can still be at 20 foot with one stick on a straight limbless tree in less than five minutes. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty quick, man. I can can throw my, I can throw my, on a a decent tree where I don't have to do any trimming. Uh, I can get up in right around that five minutes, four sticks and my set uh, in four minutes. And if I got to trim, you know, trim out uh, any shooting lanes, I'll do that as well. But, um, but yeah, five minutes is, is an average, like you said, if you're, you're coming if, up if you're down. hell ass.
1: Yeah. Are you coming up and down for each stick or how, how are you currently doing it?
0: Well, it just depends. Uh, I have loops in my, uh, lineman's belt that I'll put the V bracket in those, in the, in these additional loops. So mm-hmm. I'll set my first one. Uh, I'll go down and get another one. I'll climb up. I'll and then by this time I have my stand on my back and I will so I'll put my first stick on, I'll put my second stick on, uh pull off the loop, the third stick, pull off the loop, fourth stick, pull the stand off my back, set it up, go back down, put my pack, uh hook my bow up and then go up for the last time. So basically it's two sometimes three depending on if I have to uh, uh trim any branches. Right.
1: Right, right, which is, so, is pretty, I guess, yeah. pretty standard in most people yeah. uh, that I talk to. Yeah, you know, I'm that guy when he unloads groceries, you know, I want to only make one trip, man. <laughs>
0: you're, you're the one, you're the guy who goes to the doctor with the wrist problems. Yeah. Well, how'd you Yo, hurt your hand? I was carrying groceries.
1: Carrying groceries, man. You can only make
0: <laughs> one trip. Absolutely. Well... Mr. Landry, man, um if people want to go and find out more about your stick talons, where should we send them?
1: That would be uh mobilehuntinggear.com.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, thanks for taking time to do this, man. I really appreciate it.
1: No problem, man. Good talking to you.
0: And there you have it, another podcast in the books. Huge shout out to Brian for coming on the show, talking about his run and gun setup. Huge shout out to each and every one of you who has taken the time to download this podcast and listen to it. And huge shout out to the partners of this podcast. Exodus, Ripcord, Deer Lab, Bighorn Outfitters, Lone Wolf, Ozonix, Gearhead, and Wasp. Thank you guys very much for your support. And please go out and support those partners of this podcast uh, because they support me. And uh, yeah, there's that. If you haven't already, please join me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please go to iTunes and leave a review of this podcast. And um, if you want to be on this podcast, whether it's a story about a buck that you've been chasing, uh, a hunter profile podcast, a product review podcast, a BS session, hit me up via Facebook and uh, we can talk about it and maybe I can get you on the podcast. Hopefully, everybody's summer is going very well you've been able to spend time with family because at the end of the day uh, family is the most important thing it's uh it's even more important believe it or not than these stupid deer that we chase throughout the entire year but uh yeah thank you very much for tuning in and if you're going to be in a tree please wear your damn safety harness.